Hello friends, I'm Master Career Strategist Aresia Schaefer and this is Discover Your Calling. Today we're going to dive into an auspicious new year. So I'm seeing all kinds of posts and articles and things like that about how you can set yourself up to succeed with your resolutions. And I don't know, but if you're like me, I look through, I keep this stuff. I keep my resolutions from the past however many years or the things that I wanted to do. Um, and I look through those lists and I see that oftentimes when we do this, we're setting ourselves up for failure. And I think the reason is because we expect to be able to do it perfectly from day one. You think about it, like a couple of the biggest ones are losing weight, getting in shape. Another one is getting your house organized. And when people think about this, they think I'm starting my diet on January 1st. And I'm going to do it. And within probably a few days, they've made a mistake or they've slipped. They haven't been able to do it perfectly. And then they beat up on themselves and they're like, well, I already messed it up anyway. I'm going to eat a brownie or a pan of brownies. Um, and they do that. And then they start over the next day. So it's really difficult to make those kinds of resolutions work out where you're expected to be perfect. I mean, I think that it's okay instead to say, you know, by the end of the year, I want to have shifted my diet to include more vegetables and less sweets. That gives you some room to be creative. It gives you some room to, um, to be human, really. But we're going to talk about an entirely different way. We're going to talk about the way that I work with my clients around this. So essentially what I tell them, unless they want to do, you know, the rules, resolutions and challenging their comfort zone thing, I tell them to scrap all that. Just scrap it. Don't don't even, you know, it's like you've tried that and beating up on yourself doesn't work. I mean, if it worked, then you'd be perfect, right? So let's stop beating up on ourselves. So let's start with rules, because a lot of times when I see people coming up with New Year's resolutions, it includes rules. I am going to eat this way. I am going to organize one room every week, whatever it is. There's rules, right? So I tell people skip the rules. They feel really punitive and restrictive, and there's no room for creativity or innovation. I was in a class recently, and we were talking about um, different kinds of personalities, and there are people who tend to follow rules and people who tend to like to break rules or rebel. And um, I, I was joking because I was saying the type of person that I am is that I will make a list each day, but purposely skip doing a few things on there to just feed my inner rebel. So um, if you're that kind of person and you're making rules, 
you're going to sabotage yourself. So why not just skip the rules instead of trying to find a way to force yourself? But what can you do instead of that? I mean, like we want to have uh, an auspicious new year. We want things to work out. We want to be successful. So what I suggest is that you get inspired. So for example, um, if you want to get your house organized, watching some of these shows where people are getting their stuff together, it's like, oh, wow, that's a really cool um, invention, or that's a really cool way to store things, or, oh, I'd like to have a music room as well. Something like that. Just ways that you can get inspired. And I also encourage people to make it easy for themselves. This does not have to be a drudge. Get on the phone with a friend. Talk with them as they're organizing their house. Find a friend to go on walks with. Or um, I know that uh, some of my friends even do a healthy dinner club. And I love that where they've got, um, I think it's a group of about eight people. And they get together every month. Sometimes they actually over COVID, they did this uh, on Zoom and they get together and they cook a healthy meal together so that they can ask each other things like, gosh, you know, I've never cooked this particular vegetable. Like, do you boil it? What do you do with it? And somebody else can say, oh, no, 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 no. You actually bake it. It is so much better when it's baked. And people can share share what they're learning and share their knowledge and also just to have some company. So it makes it a lot more fun. Um, so we already talked about resolutions a little bit that you kind of expect immediate perfection from yourself and you set yourself up to fail. So I tell people to be their own genie. What's on your wish list? What's on your bucket list? Uh, a lot of people wait until retirement to do whatever it is that's on their bucket list. Now, you know, I, if on your bucket list is something like, I want to, you know, climb Mount Everest or something like that, that's a big goal. That's probably best. You don't wait until retirement to do that one. But um, I think looking at smaller bucket list stuff, like one of the exercises that we do as coaches that I love is asking people, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do with it? Like make a list. And it seems kind of frivolous and silly until people start looking at their list and they're like, I could do that right now. Like I don't need to have a billion dollars in order to start a garden. Like what has been stopping me from this? I've always wanted to do that. I'm going to do that. So think of small bucket list things that you can do this year. Now, people ask me, what does that have to do with career and household management and parenting? It all feeds into it. First of all, this is an attitude changer. So when you're looking at resolutions, you're looking at things typically that are wrong with you, that you want to fix, right? I'm not organized. I'm 20 pounds overweight. I am out of shape. All of it, like we're beating up on ourselves before we even put the resolutions down on paper. Stop it. We don't want to do that. So instead, writing up these bucket list things and, you know, like if one of your resolutions is, I want to spend more time with my kids. On your bucket list, you know, you're writing down, I want to 
go to more museums. Like I, I've always wanted to go to museums, but I don't know. It's like I keep putting it off. Put it in your calendar. This is one of those things that you're like, well, I've always wanted to do that, but eh, you know, it's like, and you just never seem to have the time and take your kids with you. So if you're feeling like you need to be a better in quotes parent, when you're putting together this bucket list, include those things that you want to be moving towards. So another example is um, like people will say, well, I need to lose weight. So I'm going to start on this diet program. And, and then, you know, it's like, I have to do this exercise every morning. And that's the tone of their voice. It's like, blah, they are not having a good time with it. But if they take a look at their life in a different way and they go, you know what? I, on my bucket list, I have always wanted to take cooking classes at Williams-Sonoma. I don't know. Like I just, I see it coming up on my email and I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so fun. Go do it. Have fun with it. I'll tell you a secret about dieting and all of that. I used to work um, with eating disorders clients and a lot of people feel like they need to go on a diet and change their whole way of eating, first of all, which really disrupts your stomach and your your whole digestive system when you change your diet so suddenly. And then they beat up on themselves when they can't follow a diet exactly. Well, of course you can't. I don't know anybody that could. So instead of that, looking at eating foods that are incredibly satisfying for you. Because what I see people doing who want to lose weight is that they will do um, a diet where they eat stuff that they really do not like eating. They never feel satisfied. And then they have a cheat day once a week, once a month, whatever, where they eat the stuff that they like. And they wind up finding out that that's not really satisfying either because they're not eating things they like. They're eating things that they're not allowed to eat on their diet. And sometimes they, like I had a client the other day that was talking about getting a big ice cream cone and like taking a couple of bites of it and throwing it away. And going, I, I don't even want this. Like I just, I'm not allowed to have ice cream. So I'm eating. It's this crazy cycle that we get into. So instead of that, just shifting, making a shift, eating foods that are really, really satisfying for you a little bit. You know, it's like, you know, you don't want to go overboard, but instead of having foods that are good and that are bad, looking at it and saying, what am I hungry for right now that would really be satisfying? And after you do that for a while, you get into this place. Um, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm thinking of a client who's like, I'm craving salad. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> um, because genuinely our bodies will tell us what they need once we get past some of the, you know, addictions and things that we have to, to sugars and stuff, but we can move into that. And when we make rules and resolutions that we are not allowed to have any sweets or we're not allowed to have any butter or whatever it is it sets us up to fail. I'm going to go into this a little bit deeper because this was fascinating to me. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day 
I'm trying to think which one it was, but it was fascinating because they were talking about, I think it was uh, Sapiens. I think it was the author of Sapiens. And he was talking about how we tend to overeat because that is a natural instinct. You know, our ancestors uh, would find fruit that had fallen off the tree or whatever, and they would just gorge themselves on this fruit because if they didn't, they would die because they wouldn't have access to it the next day or the next day. So whenever they came upon food, they tended to gorge. So we kind of have a basis for it. And when we are dieting, we're setting off this kind of um, reptilian brain response of, oh my gosh, there's not enough. And I think that may have to do with why people diet, they lose weight, they gain it back plus more weight. And then they diet and they lose and they gain more plus. And I've seen that with a lot of people. So no, I am not a nutritionist. I am not a dieting expert. I'm just sharing some observations that I have seen with clients um, as it relates to resolutions. So the other thing that people often talk about when it comes to New Year's resolutions is getting out of their comfort zone. They're like, oh, this year I'm going to force myself out of my comfort zone. I, I'm terrified of, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I had a client who was like, would not go on walks like um, out on the trails and things because he was terrified of snakes. So he was going to work past this fear of snakes. And I'm like, why? Like, do you want to go on the trails and hike? And he's like, well, no, but I'm terrified of snakes and I want to get out of my comfort zone. I'm like, I understand that. And if you truly want to do that, that's fine. I can support you in that. But if you're just doing it because you feel like you have to get out of your comfort zone and that's out of your comfort zone, that seems a little counterintuitive. So if you love getting out of your comfort zone, again, totally fine. Go ahead and and hop out of that comfort zone. But I often encourage clients to stay in their comfort zone. There's a reason we call it the comfort zone. That's where we like to be. Trying to get out of it, trying to force yourself out of it and to do things that are not in your nature are going to take a tremendous amount of effort. The result is probably not going to be as great as you want it to be. And you're probably going to be pretty crabby about it too, to be honest. So I look a lot at mindset and attitude um, and the way that people are feeling. I think that those are really important things. I want my clients to feel um, accomplished and confident and happy and to feel that the things that they're doing are really meaningful. And often it's things that are actually within our comfort zone that will make us feel happy and satisfied, accomplished, and like we're doing something meaningful. I think when you're talking about doing things within your comfort zone, everybody is different. Everyone has a different comfort zone. And certainly I think that it's fine if you want to push that envelope a little bit. Um, And yeah, if you want to address things that are really terrifying for you, that's okay too. I think that that's probably 
in the therapist's arena um, to help you with that. But often I, I just find that people are like, when they are adapting things to what they do well and what they're comfortable with, they just really excel. So for example, I have, um, I have a client, I'm trying, I'm thinking of two different ones. I have a client that is dealing with, um, uh, ADHD and he's in college and is really struggling during testing because he has a hard time sitting still and he has a hard time focusing for that length of time. So we were talking about this and I suggested getting like a, a little stress ball or a, um, a fidget toy that he can use during tests and to ask his professor if it would be all right if he took the test in two segments maybe in the morning and maybe in the afternoon. And, and I also suggested talking with the professor and just saying, you know, I'm sure that you have had other students that have struggled with this. What do you suggest for them to help them be able to get through these things easier? So the, the testing was not something that was out of his comfort zone. He was comfortable doing it, but he was not doing well on tests because um, he needed some accommodations. So he spoke with the professor, they came up with a solution, and um, so far <laughs> it's going well. So far he's doing better on tests. One of the things the professor suggested to him was that it was he couldn't do the test in, two, in separate bits, but what he could do if he needed to was to get up and walk around or even leave the classroom, go get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, whatever, and come back and finish up the test. So. That was what he did. There are ways to stay in your comfort zone and still accomplish the goals that you want. And in fact, you'll probably be brilliant at them. So this, it kind of falls into that category too of people saying, you know, that they want to, they want to work on their weaknesses. And I don't have anything against people working on their weaknesses. I just feel that your time is probably better invested focusing on your strengths and encouraging all of those things within your strength arena. If you're somebody who is absolutely amazing at athleticism, but you're terrible at accounting and you really work hard on being a better bookkeeper of your own, you know, paperwork or whatever, it's like, okay, but are you ever going to really enjoy that? Are you ever going to be fantastic at it? Probably not. So have somebody else do that or, you know, have a program that does that for you and focus on what you really love to do and what's in your comfort zone. One of the ways that I really love using AI is to have clients go in and ask it questions. You know, how can I maximize my athletic aptitude in a new job? Or how can I, um, what adaptations are available for people with ADHD? What jobs are great for people with dyslexia? 
And AI can come back with some stuff, always fact check it. You know, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's just, you know, drawing information from the internet that's a little weird, but it can give you some ideas and some starting points. All right. So that's my show for today. My, my special show on the auspicious new year. And I, I wish you all the happiness in 2024. I hope it's going to be a great year for all of us. Ditch the rules, resolutions, and challenging your comfort zone. And focus on that bucket list. What do you want in the next year? What is going to help you move into who you want to be? Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you next time. Take good care.